Welcome, my darling pretties, to our Beyond the Dawn of Business podcast for pretty empowered female entrepreneurs. It's time to step into your power, pretties, lift each other, support the squad, and choose a life filled with the autonomy and freedom to live your dreams. I'm your host, Dawn Beth, owner and founder of Beyond the Dawn Digital Business Brand and Agency. My coffee is hot and my eyelashes are on, so we are ready to go. Hi and welcome to today's episode. I hope you're doing really, really well. I have totally enjoyed just the most amazing messages of love and support that we've been receiving in our business for the last couple of weeks on the back of you amazing listeners. So thank you so, so much for your continued support, for sending me your ideas of things that you would like me to talk about and uh, yeah, just for generally being the best audience and listeners on the planet. I adore you. Thank you so, so much. Today, I wanted to talk to you about our inner child and how the experiences that we have had in our childhood and any day in the past up until today and how those experiences and the way that we perceive them and the way that we carry them can have a monumental difference to our lives. They can have a monumental difference to the way that we perceive the world, to our mood, to the way that we react to things, to the way that we strategize, to the way that we look at, uh, you know, the landscape of our futures, our relationships, pretty much absolutely everything. Now, I shared um, an email recently with everybody who is signed up to just my regular communication emails and um, it was about a story of when I was a little girl and the story has touched a lot of people and I've had messages upon messages upon messages about how it made you guys relate to traumatic experiences in your childhood that perhaps you don't think about often or you don't give yourself much time to review or you may not even consider is worth your time. They might not feel like something that is worthy of your time. There's been a lot of things that have happened in my life recently that have given me pause thinking about how I have come to be where I am in my life, how I feel about um, my situation, what it is that's brought me to be the person that I am today. Those struggles, those hardships, those excellent opportunities, those joyful days, those situations, like what is it that's actually allowed for me to be who I am today? And one of the things that you can't help but look at in those instances comes from who you are as a person and where you were in your past. And that's been incredibly eye-opening for me to consider that actually a lot of what happened to me as a little girl, for instance, has had an effect on the woman who stands before you and shares secrets on successful business, secrets on a joyful life, um, tips and hints on how you can actually 
grow your business in a way that allows you to have the the lifestyle that you actually want and the impact that you want that for you having an opportunity to consider and find your purpose all of these things are the things that we talk about all of the time on this podcast but who who was I to make me feel like this was a value who was I what what's happened for me to get me here so this one story is by no means the full picture of course because although our stories are impactful they're just a snapshot of one moment in time right but this particular story was really good for me to explore as an adult as a woman and as a mother now because it has given me an entirely different perspective being responsible for my own children thinking back to me as a child psychologically we know that history repeats itself or that we take little parts of our trauma of our pain of our of our situations that we learned from as children and we can go the other direction we can try our hardest to make sure that we don't repeat history right and that's you know sometimes that's successful and sometimes it's not as you grow older you might start to analyze family dynamics. You might start to think about, especially if you're an entrepreneur that's been working in mindset, okay? If you've actually thought, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna sort out my money mindset. And the first thing I need to do to sort out my money mindset is to consider what I've learned about money, what I've made money mean to me, how I feel about money. This is often the introductory, it's the gateway drug, (laughs) if you will, for entrepreneurs, where we kind of go, oh, okay, there's an entire psychological network of how I'm put together that I need to consider here because I'm operating on the base of this belief system. And this belief system has been perhaps cultivated or given to me by the people who were around me in childhood, by the people who brought me up and raised me, rather than the one that I want to choose for myself. You hear me talk about wanting you pretties to have that power and that autonomy. This is what I'm talking about. The power and autonomy to make educated decisions and change what that default setting is inside yourself for what you choose what you want it to be so that you can make your life different based on whatever your actual desires are in our agency we're working with code all of the time we're going into the back of your websites and we're tinkering with that code so that that correct picture or that correct form or that correct opt-in or or lead magnet is popping up on the right page at the right moment the way you want it to right This is kind of like that, only this obviously isn't us jumping on your cartridge to do that. This is us thinking about your brain, your person, but it's essentially a very similar kind of reprogramming. But in order for you to do the reprogramming, you have to understand what's already been programmed in there, what's already there in code, default code, okay? And one of my core memories, and it's so strange, I didn't know it was a core memory, it had completely seeped into my subconscious, which is why this is so good for all of us to be aware of and all of us to consider. But one of my core memories is this one of guilt and shame. And that is what came out in this particular email that I shared with you guys. 
And um, for anybody who is listening who um, may have any kind of traumatic experiences to, that deals with um, substance abuse, drug abuse, uh, anything like that, there's just a little trigger warning here um, because I am going to talk uh, about an experience of when I was very, very little and I am going to talk around those themes, okay? So if you've got anything that um, might upset you in a way that this podcast would leave you worse than you were when you began to listen to it, then please, my darlings, switch off now. Um, catch the next one, okay? Little trigger warning there. So when I was very, very little, my family, my family moved to one of the roughest areas in Blackpool um, that there is. And when I say that it's rough, it's rough in a kind of generational pattern in terms of just last week, there was somebody in this exact same area who was on top of the rooftops throwing um, roof tiles down, smashing things, throwing them at people, causing a complete complete meltdown of chaos around that area of Blackpool for hours and hours and hours and the police had to coordinate off and force people to stay in their homes and things and this is years and years later I'm talking about the 1980s don't do the math on how old I am that's rude (laughs) if you have done the math on how old I am I might forgive you but let's not talk too much about that but this is what I'm saying 30 years later it's still very much the same uh, environment in that particular area of Blackpool Now, what you will find in that area of Blackpool is families who are not particularly wealthy, but are often really, really lovely people just trying to do their best. Unfortunately, because that area allows for affordable housing, I'm not going to get too political here, but because it does allow for affordable housing, it also has a really rough side, okay? It has the people who are suffering with substance abuse. It has the people who are suffering with alcoholism. Blackpool is massive for all of those things, and I've explained that before in terms of my roots. It's one of the most deprived areas of the UK, and it continues to be. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a tough place to grow up. I was wedged lovingly between one of the most prolific drug dealers in Blackpool and the flats next door to us, just next door, were his most esteemed, loving and most consistent clientele. They were never sober and I saw them every single day. I had experienced people who were using drugs, alcohol and, you know, all of these different substances and had not realized that that just wasn't normal life. This That's that's just the way it was. And my family did not have money. We had moved from Manchester, opened up a guest house. My mum had gotten very quickly pregnant with me. I messed up the entrepreneurial plan, um, which is ironic now, right? <laughs> Um, And they ended up seeking affordable housing and having to completely change what they were going to do with their life. Not just because of me, but lots of factors. Blackpool had started to decline in terms of people going there for holidays because of cheap abroad holidays had started to rise at the same time. And, you know, things change. Not everything stays the same. The dream that they'd had when they were children about coming up to Blackpool and it being a wonderful holiday resort was not the not the time the same at the time when they were adults and they could actually execute a plan in that direction right and and things do change 
Now, during my time on that street, I was used to being around people who perhaps gave you the chills, you know, not suggesting that there was like violent crime. There was lots of thefts, burglaries. Um, There was obviously lots of people under the influence of certain substances. And you might need to cross the road to just in case, you know, if you saw somebody, but you weren't scared of guns or knives or certainly some of the things that we are worried about nowadays in similar areas. I mean, maybe you do down that area now, but back then it it certainly didn't seem like a thing. Now, one particular day, I had a very traumatic experience when an older friend of mine and I were playing in the back alleys of that street. Now, I, I was around four and a half, maybe maybe it was just before my fifth birthday. Very, very difficult for me to be 100% sure. Um, and we found a needle down in one of the alleyways between the street and the back alley. And this friend, who I was absolutely petrified of, I had no concept that if you're scared of the person who's pretending to be your friend, that they're not really your friend at all. Um, I was the youngest in my family, and I came 14 years after my my old sister. So there was no other children around me. The children that I had around me were the kids of my mum's friends, of which there were very slim pickings, and the kids that were on the street, right? And this particular friend, I was absolutely petrified of her. She was bold. She was older than me. She was very bossy. She would tell me what to do. But I, you know, I wanted a friend. I liked having a friend. And I would pretty much bend over backwards to keep her happy. Crazy now, thinking about all of the trauma that I've endured through my entire life that has been associated to me fawning and people pleasing and not having a backbone and not standing up for myself and not having boundaries when you look back at this four-year-old girl and that situation I'd already learned by four years old that if somebody was bolder than me bolshier than me and I was scared of them that it was easier for me to be a chameleon to people please to fawn to mask my ADHD, my issues, my my real feelings, because I needed to mirror, I needed to accept, I needed to be amendable so people would like me and I would fit in socially. Absolutely crazy from a psychological point of view, bonkers. Now, you love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. With that being said, this friend said to me, why don't we play Sleeping Beauty? This is like the prick on a spinning wheel. You can be Sleeping Beauty, prick your finger, and then you can pretend to fall asleep and I'll come and rescue you. And I did not want to upset this friend. I had no problem being Sleeping Beauty. It's so weird how 
I, I can't be 100% sure whether I've filled in the gaps of this memory as we so often do as human beings. Um, with no malice, we will fill in the blanks that we can't actually remember. But I can almost feel the joy that she was allowing me to be the main character. She was allowing me to be the princess in that scenario because that just wasn't something that was that was often. It, well, it didn't happen ever. And um, I obliged and I pricked my finger with this needle that I'd picked up off a dirty back alley floor. And just as I did that, did that I heard this absolutely shrill scream from her mother who had just so happened to look over at us and check that we were okay at that very, very moment. And um, she was petrified and she, she frog-marched me by my collar all the way back up to my house, told me that the play date was over. It was a, a friend of our family's. Um, and obviously at the time I didn't realise that she was petrified. I didn't know what I'd done wrong. I was extremely confused. I didn't understand at all um, what had occurred. And when I got to my house and the caregiver that, that was taking care of me that day passed me over back to my grandma and my dad and asked me to explain what it is that I'd done. I did a really bad job of explaining what I'd done wrong, why I was naughty, why the play date was over and why I'd been frog-marched directly back to my house because I didn't get it, I didn't understand. Um, so she dipped in and she let them know Dawn's just taken a needle off the floor and, and stabbed herself with it, which I didn't stab myself with it. I just pricked it into one of my thumbs. And I don't know if I even broke the skin. No idea. Um, and then that's when I realized, okay, so the thing that I did wrong was I shouldn't have played Sleeping Beauty. I Playing Sleeping Beauty, being, being a Disney princess is perilous. Uh, so be careful with that. Um, so that was what I'd done wrong. Um, now at the time, money was a massive factor for us. This this is where I believe this memory came back up for me when I was doing money mindset and I was trying to consider a time where, you know, money was very important and um, me be getting in the way of was making money because on this particular instance, my mother had to be called, she had to be dragged out of work, which was the ultimate sin for us because we relied on her wages so heavily um, to come and deal with me. Now, a few hours later, we were at the hospital. My mum arrived, probably wasn't a few hours thinking about it, probably very quickly, but we were at the hospital. My mother arrived from work. The nurse explained to my mum what they were going to test me for, and my mum fainted in front of me, and I thought I had killed her, and I can still feel that now. The, the fear, the guilt, the shame... The whirlwind of there being an emergency and the emergency being caused by me and a mistake that I'd made and something that I had done wrong. And um, I just remember being on this cold slab of a doctor's um, examination table whilst they used me as a pin cushion for more blood and did more tests and was checking me over. And I just remember feeling very lonely, very cold, very scared, and just incredibly sorry. Just so guilty, so full of shame, so, so remorseful, and still not quite fully understanding why what I'd done was so wrong. 
Now, the happy side of this story is that it was determined that the needle was absolutely clean. They couldn't determine if I'd broken the skin on my thumb with it, but there was nothing wrong with it. It was clean. There was nothing. I'd picked up nothing, which was very lucky. And they actually said that it was so clean that it was likely out of a diabetic kit or a medical kit that somebody had dropped. It was, um, it wasn't a used needle. It was, it was, you know, super clean. Very, very lucky. And everybody around me was very, very happy that that was the outcome. And over the next few days, everybody started to talk about it as a funny anecdote. You know, remember that time that Dawn gave us the fright of our life? And it was only then that I realized that the fear and the, and the emergency and, and the, the tragedy of what had happened and what had occurred had actually come from a place of people loving me and being scared about what might happen to me. It took me a little bit of time to actually process that that's what had happened. And unfortunately, the shame carried on because then my mother told my local school about it to let them know that... Um, that sometimes happens and it needs to be a cautionary tale for other parents because, um, you know, it wasn't something that anybody thought was even possible and obviously it is possible. And even though they never mentioned my name, everybody knew that it was me and it was so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed. Now, I didn't realise that for years and years and years I'd carried that experience, that trauma, that shame into adulthood. And I have handled situations as an adult in not the best possible way coming back like a like a river to the sea coming back to that area of trauma that was within me and part of my inner child and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about inner child today is because in the entrepreneurial space it's become a bit of a catchphrase and I want you to recognize that sometimes when we use these words over and over they they lose their potency and that actually is something worthy of every single one of your attentions. Like, I want you to, to give yourself 10 minutes to think about this just for you. It's, it's worth it. Because these underlying subconscious codes and belief systems that we have are the things that are making us make decisions in a certain way as adults. And if you have the opportunity to go back and recode that and do new neural pathways to reparent yourself through those elements of trauma, or even just to acknowledge that that piece of data is now stored in your body in a cellular level, having some contribution to the way the ship is is steered every single day, even if you don't realize it, then that can be very, very helpful for you. When I shared this particular story, I shared with my team, this one is quite heavy. This is very personal. This is the kind of story that I, you know, I'm opening myself up to a lot of judgment. I'm opening my beginnings up to a lot of judgment and I'm opening my family up to potential judgment in the point of view that lots of people will probably feel sorry for me and have opinions about the way that situation was handled. My point is that I had and have a extremely loving family. And the reason why the adults around me perhaps didn't behave in the best possible way is because of their trauma and their situations and their subconscious um, cellular level ship steering, okay? 
So the compassion must continue both through the people in the past and to yourself and to those in the future because we're all dealing with what we're dealing with and none of us know and a lot of us don't know ourselves what those things are that we're actually dealing with. Okay, so be kind. Think about the source of your early memory information. If you can, decipher that a little bit. And if you have holes or gaps or moments of trauma that might be hindering you, please consider taking the time to heal that and do some work within that. It's not a plaster situation. You can't just go deep into your inner child and stick a plaster over that thing and come away again. However, there are ways and means that you can practice self-compassion, practice reparenting, change the memory for the better and store it in a different place. Sometimes rewriting history is a good thing, okay? I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, I'm sending mad love to all of you. Thank you again for your unwavering support and I'll see you over in our free group. If you're loving our pretty podcast, come on over to Social Pretties, our online safe house and sisterhood community. It's a safe space where female entrepreneurs connect and thrive in a warm, welcoming fold of pretty amazing women. You'll find an easy redirect in the description and I can't wait to see you in there. And depending on where you're listening right now, we would love it if you would click subscribe or follow so that you can be the first to know when our new podcasts come out.